The destruction of the Death Star was a major victory for the Rebellion, but our battle isn't over yet. Darth Vader and the evil forces of the Emperor still keep a strong... Mm-hmm. Sorry. too. This is going to be fun. Thank you. Look what you give me to say. It's always like this. Me and Tony Daniels. Okay. The destruction of the Death Star was a major victory for the Rebellion, but our battle isn't over yet. Darth Vader and the evil forces of the Emperor still keep a stranglehold over the galaxy. But the Rebel Alliance must and will succeed in forever riding the galaxy of their socials. Why do you give me this ancient dialogue to say? Scourge? Do we all say Scourge and I didn't... I missed it? Okay, never mind. But the Rebel Alliance must and will succeed in forever ridding the galaxy of their Scourge. Even now, in our secret underground base on the ice planet Hawk, new strategies are being planned. See for yourself. And the Empire Strikes Back, coming to a theater near you, May 21st, 1980. fans and move milkers everywhere welcome to episode number 178 of blast points this is jason and this is gabe and we got we have a we have a sickness we have mono <laughs> we keep going to the doctor we keep getting medicine but it just keeps coming back it's like we keep we keep kissing star wars and getting mono we just keep getting it over and over and over again you might want to sit down for this episode <laughs> If you're standing while you're listening, if you're if you're running, <laughs> this episode could be a little intense. If if you haven't noticed already through 178 episodes, the sound mixes of the of the original trilogy are a little bit of an obsession with us. We can't we can't stop. Well, pretty much we're already obsessed with the sounds of Star Wars in general and then yeah, the rabbit hole that there are multiple versions of the original movies in in not just different languages, different mixes, different formats, the whole thing. There is no original. What is the original, original trilogy? Nobody knows. The one thing that I always think of all the time is that the whole idea of an original version of especially A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, as far as we know, the notion of original versions of those depend greatly on your point of view. <laughs> and... Which theater you went to, at, at what date, it's like, well, I just want the version I saw in the theater. 
That depends. <laughs> Did you see it in a stereo theater, a mono theater, or a 70 millimeter theater? <laughs> yeah. Did you see it previous to this date or after this date? If you saw it on home video, that's a completely different audio mix than what you saw in the theater. But Jason, I just want the original version. It's so simple. Like, can't we just have the original version? I want, I want the version before they started making all those changes. <laughs> and it's interesting, too, because what was it? Just a couple weeks ago, they did like the Academy, that amazing, amazing Galactic Innovations Academy thing out in California. And they had everybody and their brother from ILM and Marsha Lucas out there. Then that Saturday, they did the double feature of Rogue One and then A New Hope in 70 millimeter. And you started hearing kind of after that New Hope version, people saying that 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 70 millimeter one was interesting. There were things that were different, kind of surprised a lot of people. That's the thing. I I think we said this in our uh, mono mix episode for a, a new hope which i think is episode 91 or something like that we're so trained and so used to thinking the version we watch the most on home video like maybe that vhs version or whatever we watched or the one last time with the hat, the black with the hat faces half faces that those are the original versions but then if you go back and watch like a 70 millimeter or a film version of especially a new hope and empire it's crazy they're all over the place with with the sound differences yeah and that's like we keep saying if they're ever going to attempt any sort of release of the original version it needs to be this crazy set where you have 10 different audio tracks and and different versions to watch otherwise it's kind of like it'd be just as bad as a special edition because it might not be it might not be your original version it's my original version <laughs> like I, I would love to see all the variations uh, have that all available somewhere just like a new hope there were at least three different versions of The Empire Strikes Back, audio-wise, playing in theater simultaneously in the summer of 1980. And possibly over time, there have been nine different, I think, audio mixes of The Empire Strikes Back, where as we start digging through it moment by moment, things keep flip-flopping back and forth for no apparent reason whatsoever. (laughs) You know, and it's not like the special editions. Once you start digging into this, like the special editions and putting Rontos and Sebulbas and stuff in it, at least those are obvious and those are clear changes. But when 3PO saying the word and keeps appearing and disappearing randomly, I don't understand. (laughs) It's hard to not turn into Sagarera and think you're losing your mind if you start watching all these different versions. (laughs) You put in Empire Strikes Back. Did you come here? Did you put this movie in to kill me? I swear there was an and. (laughs) No, there's not. Of all movies, you put Empire in. They put Borgullet in charge of doing the audio editing. One tends to lose one's mind. Well, that's why there's so many versions, because Borgullet's got so many tentacles. He's doing all the mixes at once. All right, so let's get into a little bit. Before we start diving into the craziness that is the, the Empire Strikes Back audio mixes, let's talk a little bit about how we got to this audio mix madness of the Empire Strikes Back. So Ben Burt was out there collecting sounds for the Empire Strikes Back 
months and months before any kind of filming even started. We, we, we went over some of that in our Sounds of Empire episode, but it's almost like the overarching thing with sound-wise with Empire compared to A New Hope is A New Hope was very flying by the seat of your pants, kind of like everything with that movie, where it's almost like when they went into Empire, they were like, okay, now we're going to do this kind of right. We're going to do it the way we want to do it now that we have time and we have money and we have better resources to pull this thing off. When it came time to work on Empire, uh, I felt, based on the experience that I'd had on Star Wars, the experience I had gotten, the feedback I had gotten, the I had learned from, a, you know, you make mistakes and you look at the things that are wrong with one film and you say, well, now next time I'm going to learn, uh, I'll do better. Uh, we had very high expectations for Empire. Stylistically, I wasn't attempting to do something really different, but I was attempting to do the same thing on a much grander scale. It's kind of interesting that John Williams' score was done two months before the sound mix began, where the sound mix began uh, in December of 1980, and Williams recorded the score like October-ish. And overseeing the sound mix was Ben Burt, George Lucas, assistant sound editors John Benson, and Laurel Ledovich. So about a month before the film's May 1980 release, a Dolby stereo soundtrack was delivered on April 29th. The 35 millimeter mono soundtrack was delivered three weeks later, right before the release of the film. And then a 35 millimeter four track stereo recording was delivered right about the same time, with the 70 millimeter soundtrack delivered just days before the film's release. Now, the interesting thing with the 70 millimeter version with Empire is that before the Empire Strikes Back, most 70 millimeter showings were like New York, LA, Chicago, and like big markets. And Empire was doing over 125 70 millimeter releases with six track stereo prints. So in Rinsler's making of Empire book, there's a quote from Gary Kurtz here about the 70 millimeter situation. He says, the problem with 70 millimeter that none of us anticipated was you had to check run the 70 millimeter prints in real time because of the magnetic soundtrack. And sometimes the magnetic coating on the 70 millimeter prints doesn't work. Parts of it would flake off. So you had to listen to each reel all the way through to make sure the soundtrack was okay. Normally the picture could be looked at in high speed and you could tell if there were defects, but for the sound, you couldn't do that. So I ended up hiring people to sit 24 hours a day running these 70 millimeter prints. <laughs> Every single print that was run and the reject rate on the reels was something like 22%. So let's back that up. Gary Kurtz hired people to sit and watch 70 millimeter reels of The Empire Strikes Back to check for sound defects for 24 hours. <laughs> Number one, the best job ever. Number two, where are these people now? <laughs> Do they still like Star Wars? They either turn into super fans or they've never watched the movies again. <laughs> they're, they're Saw Gerrera. They're, they're in a cave on Jeddah with the gas mask. Anytime anyone says the word empire, they just start shaking. They got to breathe the gas. Jin, is it really you? I like to think that whoever they hired didn't get a break and they actually watched them 
for 24 hours, 48 hours straight. And then they got to go home. They didn't even do it. In, they didn't even do it in shifts. They just they strapped them in. First few times, man, the new Star Wars movie. That's going to be great. I don't know, I'd do it. If somebody said, you got to go test reels of The Rise of Skywalker, and we're just going to show you reel four of The Rise of Skywalker eight times in a row or something. Let's do it. <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah, where do I go? So you don't want to round it up, even number, to ten? In the bag, I'm happy to help. Yeah, put on a quad suit. I believe in miracles. Claude with a K, uh, K-L-A-D. Uh. That's why I'm here. Watch these prints. I'm ready to go for 36 hours, guys. Can-do attitude. Can-do with a K. Someday my prints will come and I'll watch them. On June 18th, 1980, Empire Strikes Back and 35mm and 70mm version snuck back out into theaters with a changed ending where the ending was extended. It was after, it was in theaters, right, that Lucas called up ILM and was like, hey, I need you to do a couple new shots for me. And they said, okay. And all the stuff with the, the Falcon docked at the medical frigate, a lot of that was extended uh, a lot more shots inside the medical frigate with Luke and Leia was was changed and extended. And I think I think on the the Super Eight version of Empire, you have the original version. I think so. And then also somebody, there is a video on YouTube where they took the original audio and then somebody recut it. I think using the laser discs. So there's a higher quality version out there if you want to see what the original ending was. We can probably post that in the notes. We may have already even posted it after the Super 8 episode. We can always post it again because, like we said, it's just not something that was talked about enough that the the first special edition of The Empire Strikes Back actually came out in June of 1980. Unless you count the three different versions that were playing simultaneously before that. See it again for the first time, the second time, but actually maybe the third time. <laughs> or depending on what theater you're in, the first time. I love thinking about that, too, because it's like if this Empire Special Edition was somebody's first viewing of Empire, technically it doesn't matter. And they were just, (laughs) it's always been a special edition, kind of just like a new hope. It's always been changing. Yeah. Well, and Phantom Menace. Theater version of Phantom Menace has never been released anywhere, ever. And the VHS and Laserdisc version is different from that and the DVD, right? That's that's another. (laughs) That's a story for another day. <laughs> We're going to start digging in to every th- all every audio change in the Empire Strikes Back, but we got to give credit to um, the help with the research on this the website. Wide Angle Close Up did an article where there's a maniac on there. Yeah, a guy David Morgan wrote the article there on the Wide Angle Close Up site. With it's also that's his website. He went to the 70 millimeter, I think, I think it was a 70 millimeter showing of The Empire Strikes Back in 1980. It was way ahead of all of us and thought about bringing a tape recorder into the theater and recorded all the audio. A major difference in what we had for the mono mix of A New Hope, we actually have a point of reference to what it was in the theater. And thanks to this wide angle close up website, we have that audio we can compare it to. Also, I want to say it's worth going back and listening to that theater recording just also to hear the audience reactions 
because that was fascinating to me for how much Empire is the serious Star Wars movie than how much people were laughing in that movie in the audience. It was interesting how much Chewbacca was like the star as far as all the Chewbacca jokes really got people in stitches pretty much. And then I think the craziest to me was for how serious everyone takes the I love you, I know now. That was like a huge joke and everybody was laughing at that part, which I don't think people laugh at that part anymore. No, it's yeah, it's become in in the f- almost 40 years now, it's become something totally different. And it was great. I like just sitting down and listening to this recording of Empire yeah, in the theater because like when Luke Skywalker first shows up in his tauntaun and people clapping. Well, I thought it was neat too how when you're watching it, when you're listening and not necessarily watching how much its Star Wars-ness comes through and just how goofy Empire still is because there's just huge stretches on Hoth where all you hear are really loud tauntaun voices. <laughs> it seemed like, like minutes at a time, there's just super loud. Yeah, it was great just listening to the audio because it gets that movie gets weird. As little as we mention Empire on the show, I'm I'm really looking like I'm really looking forward to the 40th anniversary of Empire next year whatever they have planned for Celebration Anaheim, because I think listening to The Empire Strikes Back, we don't, we don't talk about it enough on Blast Points, but, but, but we love Empire a lot. It's all, we're, we're always talking about it in our hearts. <laughs> it's like your aunt or uncle that you love a lot, but you just don't call them as much as you should. You just assume they know that you love them, so <laughs> <laughs> they don't need to hear it all the time. So we got to give credit also to on YouTube, this person Space Hunter M., who posted a mono stereo difference of Empire on YouTube. Uh, we'll also have a link to that video in our show notes. And we also, we got to mention too, that as we go through this, we don't, we're not going to have time to cover each moment in, in it, but the, there's the Empire Super 8 version, like we talked about back in, I think, episode 77 or whatever it was. It's in the 70s, our Empire Super 8 episode a completely different audio mix than even the ones we're going to be talking about coming up here. So I think if we count them off, there's there's mono, there's stereo, there's foreign, there's re-release, there's VHS, Laserdisc, DVD, Blu-ray, Super 8. So is that I think that's 10 different audio mixes for The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> that original version. It's all I want to hear. All I want to see. You know, the Empire Special Edition, they didn't make that many changes because it was perfect to begin with. (laughs) (laughs) They They didn't need to change anything. Okay, so going through the Empire Strikes Back, there's about 21 to 25, somewhere in that range of glaring audio changes i feel like there are more subtle ones out there but when going through the various changes that were playing simultaneously in 1980 and then things that were uniquely changed for the special edition or things that were changed in the theater version and then changed again for the special editions we got around 20 things in general wasn't this a similar situation to a new hope where the mono mix was the real mix or the the definitive mix because they were assuming in the future the movie would be on TV or in places where most people were listening to movies in mono. So 
it seems like some of the things that show up in the special edition versions, which are the new definitive mer- version, a lot of times kind of come back from the mono mix. I feel like that was the case for A New Hope. And I went into looking at some of this Empire stuff with that same state of mind. It, like, it doesn't make sense with this Empire version going through. I, we'll, we'll, we'll start tearing through it, but I don't understand, at least with Empire, what was considered the definitive mix, unless Empire was much more in a constant state of change. Because there's a lot of things, there's, yeah, there's stuff in here, especially with the mono mix, that just don't make sense. All right, well then, let's get, let's get into it. Our first one, this is one that, when I was doing research, I, I had to put this in, and some people swear by it, but in everything I looked at, I don't understand where people are coming from. When Luke is leaving the Wampa Cave, and he runs out with his lightsaber lit, there are people saying that in the special edition, the sound of his lightsaber going down was added, even though the lightsaber does not go down. Yeah, I don't think I've ever noticed that. That's the nice thing with having this audio from the 70 millimeter version is you go back and you listen to the 70 millimeter theater recording and that sound is still there in the theater. if it's one of those things where the its placement in the mix change like maybe it's in one of the surround speakers or in the side or something and it makes it less in your face as it would have been in in the older mono or stereo versions right you know and we're going to be getting into that a lot where things are quieter and louder probably depending on where they were yeah in the sound mix from yeah so from what i can tell the sound of luke saber deactivating has possibly always been there unless in the VHS versions, it was quieter or it was taken out for some reason. I don't, and then it showed back up in the special editions because that's something we'll get into too for a lot of people. And even for us, I feel like that's how it all started where we were so used to the audio from the VHS in our heads. And then when we went to go see the special editions, a lot of it was like, oh, wait, what's this? I mean, even like when we were talking about with the Baru's Clues episodes, like Baru's voice, like what? <laughs> right, or it's one of those things you saw it on TV at one point or you saw someone else's older VHS version or something and you maybe just one time heard a different version, but you kind of remember it. It just messes with your head for, forever, for, your, for years. You know, you're not right because you remember you heard it one way. Why is it different now? So let's say the original version, in quotes, depends greatly on your own point of view. <laughs> they were plan- Lucas was planning ahead. That's why Obi-Wan showed up and gave that speech. Going, going off what we're talking about, this next one was one when I was sitting in the theater in February 1997. Where was the first one where I started to be like, wait, wait, what's happening here? And this is <laughs> when we talk about a lot. Thanks, 3PO. I, that line runs through my head at least once a week. Something will happen, and all I can think is, thanks, 3PO. Thanks, 3PO. <laughs> thanks, 3PO, as far, as far as I can tell, was completely new for the 97 Special Edition, and it has stayed in there for every release since then. Master Luxa, it's so good to see you fully functional again. Thanks, 3PO. 
Auto Express is his relief also. Before the 97 special edition, there was no thanks 3PO. Go back, listen to the theater recording. No thanks 3PO. Master Luke, sir, it's so good to see you fully functional again. Auto Express is his relief also. How you feeling, kid? And that's not even, as far as we can tell, I don't think that's even Mark Hamill, right? It's like Mark Camel or uh, Hark Mammal. It's one of those weird ones, yeah, where it's like somebody really wanted it in there, but we're not clear why. It could have been perfect if it just Luke would have said thanks to Reap Show. It's rude. He was rude. He didn't say thank you. So I always say thank you. Because these movies are for kids, and you got to teach them about manners. Get a job. It's true. They are about manners. I kept thinking about that in the in the Phantom Menace novel, how they make a point of, Obi-Wan apologizing to Qui-Gon and Qui-Gon apologizing to Obi-Wan. They're always very polite. So if you're a Jedi, you have to you have to apologize and say your thank yous. <laughs> be gracious. Yeah, be gracious. That's how you can see his progression from A New Hope to Empire as he was becoming more of a Jedi. He got more polite. <laughs> He's gonna sh- Luke's going to show up and ride the Skywalker. Thank you, Ray. No, thank you. He's going to show up to Ben Solo. Thank you, Ben Solo. Thank you. I don't. Why? Why? Why are you saying that to me? Well, hopefully, if there's all this three PO action, at some point three PO crosses paths with Ghost Luke, and Ghost Luke can say, "Thanks, three PO." They can just. <laughs> it'll be like in Force Awakens when they use the music from New Hope when Ray pulls the saber to just make it that much more emotional, and they'll just use the audio from Special Edition Empire for Ghost Luke to say thank you. Well, you know, they they say it's gonna it's gonna reference all nine films, so that'll be the Empire reference. Just. For the lunatics out there. Cheers in the audience. <laughs> Two people. Thanks, 3PL. <laughs> Thanks, 3PL. See you next week. Yeah. That's it. Goodbye, folks. 178 out. This next one, also really weird. I don't understand what's going on. For the longest time, the first transport is away was one voice. The first transport is away. The first transport is away. 70 millimeter theater recording. It's the original voice. The first transport is away. We all know it. We all love it. The first transport is away. The first transport is away. And then for the Blu-ray... The most recent version, we have an all-new recording of The First Transport is Away. The First Transport is Away. The First Transport is Away. Why now? Why? When did that Blu-ray come out? 2000? 2011. Rumor is that First Transport is Away for the Blu-ray is Mark Hamill. I don't know. Maybe it is. The first transport is away. Thanks, 3PO. They were just waiting for him to call in and record that line all these years. Like, when you recorded Thanks, 3PO, you forgot to say the first transport is away. Thanks, 3PO. The next one, really crazy. The snow speeders leaving Hoth. The stereo mix of the snow speeders leaving, kind of like we know it, like it's always been. The mono mix, which played in theaters in 1980, the snow speeders leaving, there's no music.
70 millimeter theater recorded version. There is music. It could just be the quality of the recording. I feel like it's kind of quiet. Well, and that, yeah, and that may just be whatever the speakers were in that theater, the placement, or because the seventy millimeter would have been like an early version of like a surround sound, right? Yeah, but it was six tracks, which in nineteen eighty, that's pretty deluxe. Yeah, so potentially just where he was sitting in the theater may have dictated the the volume of certain things, kind of like with Ray's force back vision. Depend if you were on one side, you could hear Yoda, and if you were on the other side, you couldn't. Kind of thing. Those are the greatest days of my life. <laughs> Why in the mono version take out the music of the snowspeeders leaving? Do they really want to crank up those Ben Burt sound effects? Which I don't blame them, but it's weird. But yeah, maybe it was just a discussions between Lucas and Ben Burt of when the sound effects should be louder, or it was just a a mistake because they were making so many versions they forgot to push the slider up on that music cue. Well, our next one, total mystery. R two D two is leaving. 3PO has this little moment where he says goodbye to R2-D2. This is another one in the theater in 97. I thought I was losing my mind. <laughs> I was doubting everything. I was like, Wait, what's happening? So the stereo version, the 3PO says, Do take good care of yourself. The mono version, the crucially important and is added. Do take good care of yourself. Now, the theater version, the theater recorded version, 70 millimeter, and is in there. You take good care of Master Luke now, understand? Do take good care of yourself. That's what I'm saying, like, I don't understand. Well, maybe the mono, maybe it was the definitive again, but why would the stereo, why take out and? So the and coming back then would make sense because that would make the sentence more proper. Right? Because if there's two parts of the sentence and there's an and in between, 3PO is all about proper. So he needs to have proper grammar. It just takes you out of the movie. I wonder if some of this is just Ben Burt. Are these like just inside jokes of Ben Burt? Is he just like purposely like keeping us on our toes like for decades? Like, <laughs> I'm going to mess with them. Maybe. When the, the Wilhelm scream lost its its appeal, it didn't, it didn't uh, excite him anymore. So now he just started removing words for each version to see if anyone would notice on the same note this next one i don't tell me if you can tell any difference this ad at head exploding from stereo to mono can you tell any difference there's a stereo ad at head exploding there's the mono version No. There are a couple things in the the YouTube video that highlight some of these changes. There are a few of them that I couldn't tell the difference. One that clearly is different, though, right after Luke, and they're in the Battle of Hoth, right after he says, stay tight and low, he says, this is it. Stay tight and low. This is it. Ah! Which is crazy, because that was new in the special edition. But if you go back and watch... The movie, his mouth says this is it, but there's no wor- there's no sound coming out. That was one of the cases where it makes sense while the 
new dialogue showed up. One of the one of the rare cases. Well, maybe Luke's mouth is moving when he says thanks, three PO. <laughs> thanks. <3PO. laughs> Even though you can't see his mouth when he says thanks, three PO. Maybe he was projecting his voice. Maybe the 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 fish nuns on a chew. Maybe they heard it. <laughs> that was when he first realized he could force project. He either could be the best Jedi the universe has ever seen, or the best ventriloquist the universe has ever seen. That, that was one of Mark Hamill's ideas for the return for Return of the Jedi. Luke is back, but he's got a ventriloquist dummy with him. George is gonna love it. The dummy represents his dark side, and the dummy has a mohawk. <laughs> we love Mark Hamill. We love that. Next one: Leia scream in the hallway. Stereo, I think, is the more traditional version. Mono, we have this weird two-part Leia scream in the hallway. I feel like the 70 millimeter version is the same as the stereo. I don't know what this two-part scream in the hallway in the mono version is. It's completely unfamiliar to me. This is like Leia's version of the crate dragon scream. Couldn't figure out what they wanted to do. The final version is Ben Burt pretending to be Carrie Fisher. To be a fly on the wall for hours spent on perfecting that one second of Leia scream in the hallway. Uh, this next one is a lot of fun. C-3PO in the Falcon. Stereo version is what I think carried on into the video version that I was the most familiar with. 3PO just saying, Oh, this is suicide. That looks pretty good. Now, the mono is the weird one in this situation. Oh, this is suicide. There's no way to go. That looks pretty good. 70 millimeter, we have just, oh, this is suicide. Oh, this is suicide. That looks pretty good. Now, in the special edition, it goes back to, oh, this is suicide. There's nowhere to go, which has stayed ever since. That one in my head, I feel like it's, oh, this is suicide. But I've probably watched the special edition more times than I've watched the original at this point. But it's still, for some reason, in my head, it's, oh, this is suicide, without that there's nowhere to go. It still throws me off every time I hear it. It's like, thanks, 3PO. I'm never ready for it. This next one, we're on Dagobah now. R2-D2 gets spit out of the, the swamp monster. The original, the 70 millimeter, everything says... Are you all right? Come on. You're lucky you don't taste very good. Special edition. It was changed. Come on. You were lucky to get out of there. I I feel like I never noticed this. Did you notice this one? Yeah, I noticed this one because this was one of the few. I guess if I had to pick a change in Empire that bugs me, this might be the only one because... It's weird because your lucky don't taste very good is funny and seems out almost more in character with their relationship. And like going back to listening to the um, that recording from the audience, like that joke went over really well. You're lucky you don't taste very good. Anything broken? It's almost like they didn't want that part of the movie to be silly at all, even though that part of the movie is silly. So I don't know. That's like a really weird one. Because the other ones are kind of like, whether you say, you know, this line or not, it's kind of like, 
it's that you're saying the same thing and it doesn't really make a difference where this one you're going from kind of a joke to just matter of fact you're lucky to get out of there i read something that lucky you don't taste very good was an ad lib from mark hamill that kirshner left in and i wonder if that bugged lucas maybe yeah unless they like they're trying to keep it serious and have some tension until you finally see yoda and then then it can get goofy and if it's starting out maybe he was worried if you're laughing at that joke then when yoda shows up you're gonna think yoda's a joke and start laughing at yoda when you're not supposed to yet i don't know yeah it's a weird one when an un an unseen swamp monster just ate and spit out a little robot this is serious stuff people yeah in a, in a list of of weird changes this is an extra weird change keeping with the yoda stuff uh right when luke says like we're being watched he turns around in stereo there is no yoda scream like we're being watched in mono there is a yoda scream like we're being watched in modern there is a yoda scream i feel like like we're being watched. And in the 70 millimeter version, there is no Yoda scream. So this is one that kept flip-flopping. Why? It's like Billy Idol said with a Yoda yell, you want more, more, more. So they had to put it back in. It was in the mono and it was, it was no. So the Yoda scream was only in the mono. And it's been in every version, I feel like, since then. You can always use more Yoda. <laughs> Put more Yoda in it. I don't understand. I don't understand. This next one, February 97, I thought I was hearing it for the first time, but I just wonder if it wasn't in like the more modern video versions. When they're training on Dagobah and Yoda says, yes, run! Because you go back, it's in the stereo version. And it's even louder in the mono version. And you can hear it in the theater recording. But I remember in the special edition, I was like, ooh, what's that? Do you in the, remember in the stereo version or anything? Was it in like one speaker or not the other speaker? Or was it? It could be. Well, you got to think, too, like right before that is that kind of long establishing shot on Dagobah with all the vines and there's... Creatures flying around and stuff, and Ben Burt's going nuts in that part. So it could have been more buried in the mix. Watching some of these mixes on a TV speaker back on VHS, depending on what your TV was like, too, you could be missing things. Because TV speakers weren't the best. Actually, they, they still aren't the best now that TVs have gotten smaller, so have the speakers. So, so our next one, this is pretty interesting. So... The shot of the Star Destroyers right before the bounty hunters scene. In the stereo version, there's no TIE fighter sounds. In the mono version, you have TIE fighter sounds. Also, in the 70mm version, you have TIE fighter sounds. Yeah, so I wonder if just the 
all over the place reasons and empire is more just things getting lost because with empire they knew star wars was a hit and was something people were excited for and they kind of went bigger and they were releasing more versions sooner that they just things just got lost in the shuffle of trying to get the movie done on time and getting all the versions out on time I have no clue <laughs> because it's all over the place. Because stuff like this just seems like something where just somebody forgot to push the slider up at that point for that sound effect to come in because they just were doing so much at, at one time. There's obvious stuff with the special edition, like Boba Fett's voice changing to Tamil Morrison. Like we talked about in the Empire Super 8 version, that is still strangely unique where... That version had a completely different cloud car pilot voice, which every every other version besides the Super 8 has the normal cloud car pilot voice, even the theater recording. The next big difference we get to is when C-3PO goes into the hallway with the Ichuta. In the stereo version, C-3PO says hello twice. That sounds like an auto unit in there. I wonder if... Hello? Hello? interesting. In the mono and in the 70 millimeter and in every version since then, he says hello once. That sounds like an auto unit in there. I wonder if... Hello? How interesting. Why? <laughs> Mysteries. <sighs> Do you remember, is it the same clip of hello or is it two different takes of hello? It's hard to tell. Hello? Hello? Because I wonder if that's a case of, like, they weren't sure where to put the hello, and somehow in one version they left both options in. It's just also it's so crazy. Yeah. Now, this next one, I was shocked. I was, I'm still completely confused by this next one. The dinner with Darth Vader. Darth Vader says, we'd be honored if you would join us only in the mono version when Boba Fett walks out. There's an extra Chewbacca scream. We would be honored if you would join us. It's not in the stereo. It's not in the theater recording. And it's not in any kind of modern version. We would be honored if you would join us. That one was almost felt to me like there's that one... uh joke video on youtube where i think they show the medal ceremony and then there's just like chewbacca yells edited in because it was like you don't even chewbacca's not even on screen but you just hear a chewbacca yell for no reason were they was it like they're testing it out like it was ben burt like sneaking into like audiences where it was playing in mono and gauging the reaction of the chewbacca yell when boba fett walks out if that would be the definitive. <laughs> well, or it's one of those things like maybe with the hellos where maybe it got put the wrong place in the track or it came in late and they meant to turn the fader down so it didn't happen. But when they were doing the mono version, they forgot. Well, the, there's the Chewbacca yell that's like on screen when Chewbacca's mouth is open. They open up the door and it's Vader. Chewbacca screams. And then Han shoots. But then in the mono version, Boba comes out and Chewie screams again, which is kind of cool. I mean, it hints that, like, maybe Chewie knows who Boba Fett is. And he's like, oh, this guy, too. It's, it's also crazy. Yeah, that one really jumped out to me, too, where it was just like, wow, that's kind of strange. It's a strange choice. This one, this next one's really, really weird. It's another 3PO one, of course. So they're walking into the Cloud City freezing chamber. 
every version we've always seen, every version we always know, it's in the stereo version. It starts out where they're walking in and you hear C-3PO, if only you'd attach my legs. If only you'd attached my legs, I wouldn't be in this ridiculous position. Now, the mono version is the only time I've ever heard this. Oh dear, what now? I don't like the look of this. If only you'd attached my legs, I wouldn't be in this ridiculous position. Like, what is that? It never came back again, as far as as far as I know. Is that another ad lib line, maybe? Or there's because there are definitely right from the Super Eight. There's there's other three PO bits that were put in and out of the movie, and I guess his mouth doesn't move, right? So there's got to be <laughs> there's probably lots of multiple lines and takes for three PO stuff out there. Maybe that's the difference with Empire and A New Hope. Or one of the differences that the mono for A New Hope. At times, seemed like it was the definitive version, and that's what the at least Rinzer's book said. But the mono mix for Empire is crazy. Yeah, yeah. All right. So n- then our next one, uh, where the fight between Luke and Vader, Luke knocks Vader off the little platform, and we have this ever changing grunt. This is one of my favorites. Okay, so the stereo we have more of like an ah kind of grunt. <laughs> The mono is like, oh. 70 millimeter, we're back to the, oh. Vader grunting sound effects. Just, I never get tired of those. Because like trying to say, wasn't that the, the, the best part of the Masters of the Terrace Kasi game? Was all the different Vader grunts? Weren't they all in the game? And maybe that's why these all sound so familiar to me. The hours and hours of playing Masters of Terskasi. Yeah, I feel like they used all these as the as his sound effects in that game. Just think of all the meetings and conversations they probably had, just going back and forth, whether it should be the ah or the ug. Just late nights. Uh, it's got to be the ah. No, the ug. <laughs> ben Burt waking up in the middle of the night. Ah. We got to try the ug again. Him sending a telegram to George Lucas. This is like last week. Oh, I'm retired. Call, call Kathy. It's not my business anymore. Uh, I know Kathy was a fan of the ah. I prefer the ug. Well, one obvious thing in the special edition when uh, when Lando is telling everybody in Cloud City they got to evacuate. It's it, you know he says attention twice, but that it was fairly needed because we had all those added wonderful, wonderful shots of extra Cloud City people in the hallway. Now this next one, I didn't know this existed, and it kind of blew my mind. So in the 1980 version, I believe both stereo and mono, the whole thing with I'm your father, all that stuff, he told me enough, he told me you killed him, there's an echo on Vader and Luke's voices. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. And, now, and then in the special edition... That echo is taken out. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. But what blew my mind is you go and you listen to the theater recording. It doesn't sound like there was an echo. But again, we're dealing with a tape recorder in a movie theater in 1980. So it could be hard to tell. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. 
Well, that could even be a case of the echo is subtle enough that if you're in a theater and there's kind of some natural echo, that it kind of, you wouldn't notice it any different than just the natural echo on the other lines. And maybe that's why they took it out because it's, if anything, it just made it harder to understand what Luke and Vader are saying with the wind and everything. But that one kind of reminded me of the, the new hope where they went back and forth with the processing on the announcer voice during the Death Star run. Like it's just very clear somebody talking in the one version and then in the other version, they kind of made it a little more sci-fi. Our next one, Luke scream as he Goes down the chasm. Of course, that was brand new for the special edition. <laughs> Only appeared in special edition. And by the time we got to the D- the DVD, which I believe was two thousand four, um, that's that's gone. Never to be never to be heard since. Isn't there an article on that? I want to say there was where that was. They admitted that one was a mistake. Like there was a note in the notes something about a scream and they put it in and then later realized that that wasn't the, or that was just their excuse <laughs> that it was in the notes. Well, there was something like that. And when they're in a new hope with like the death star run, there was something that was a mistake too in the DVD and then was later fixed for the Blu-ray. I, well, I want to say, I think the DVDs, was it new hope? The surround sound channels were right and left were swapped. Yes. Yeah, that that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I think that was that was one of the things. Yeah, so the the Blu-ray was the special special edition in more ways than a hundred. Well, of course, at the end too, there's a alert my star destroyer, and of course they had to be changed because there were new scenes added for the special edition. With well, you know what? That's one. That's one of the ones I think that seems to bother people. But watching that again, I feel like they changed that because he says, "Bring my shuttle." But the like next shot, because they added the scene with him getting in the shuttle, it would be silly that he says, bring me my shuttle. And then the next scene is shuttles already there. So I feel like that's why they changed it, because it's kind of like it just makes Vader seem dumb because it's like your shuttle's been here the whole time, dude. You just kind of walk through that door. You're you're basically looking at it when you say that. So I let my star destroyer to prepare for my arrival. Mr. Vader, sir, it's already here. Oh, he just had a traumatic moment there in Cloud City. It was it was hard. <laughs> I knew that. Yeah, I was testing you. <laughs> All right. So what what have what have we learned here? <laughs> well, doesn't doesn't Shmi wrap it up where she's talking to Anakin about you can't stop change, you can't stop the suns from setting. The prequels are all about just coming to terms with that the movies will always be changing and there's no such thing as an original trilogy and how the movies are born isn't what the movies are when they die. All that stuff, right? It's all in the Phantom Menace novel. Let the past die. The the idea of original versions. The Jedi, the Sith, 3PO saying and. Star Wars is change. And if you can't accept that, then you haven't been paying attention for the last 40 years. The adventures of Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, and Han Solo did not end with the destruction of the Death Star. Now, the Empire Strikes Back and the Star Wars saga continues with the struggle against the dark forces of evil. Read the exciting story in Sphere Paperback. Hear John Williams' magnificent score on RSO Records and Tapes. 
C. The Empire Strikes Back. Certificate U. At the Odeon Leicester Square from Wednesday, May the 21st. An exclusive presentation in 70mm and Dolby Stereo. Book now. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. say it the right way apple podcasts reviews if you listen on some sort of apple thing and if you leave us a review on there we will read your review in an upcoming show we always love reading them and it helps the show in that mysterious way that no one understands and check us out on blastpointspodcast.com instagram twitter facebook sign up for the blast point super chill group on facebook and if you really like the show and want to help us out, we have a Patreon where you can help out the show. You can get bonus episodes. We just had a review of Spider-Man Far From Home up last weekend. Yeah, and there's a commentary coming pretty soon on there, too, that uh, is, if you're on the Patreon, you got to pick what Star Wars movie we would be doing a commentary for. So that, that'll be something to look forward to on there. And yeah, and we thank each and every one of you members of the Blast Points Army over there on Patreon. But that about wraps up episode number 178 here. Maybe in a few years, we'll re release this episode with some extra ands and <laughs> some, some audio changes. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a uh, mono or stereo. Maybe we'll do it in stereo. You can hear. Jason in one speaker and me in the other. For the, for the true fans, lots of added words. Yeah. So. <laughs> Giggling and surround sound. <laughs> well, tune in again next week for another brand new episode. But as for 178 here, thank you everyone for listening. Yeah, thank you. And thanks, 3PO. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, 3PO. <laughs> Bye-bye. May the Force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you. Thanks, Vicky. Thanks, Vicky. May the force be with all of you! <laughs> <laughs>